In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, do you see her? Because there she is, Mary, holding the baby that could have caused her death or at least her banishment from polite society. And if you look close there, you'll see him too. That kind fiancé who was stunned to find out that his bride-to-be was pregnant. And he did more than just quietly dismiss her, which was nice enough. He married her, took her in. But that was after the angel came to him in a dream, which we heard about in Matthew. The angel reassured him that the baby to be born was holy, and it was safe and good to take Mary as his wife. He didn't need to worry about what people say, and you know those people, the ones that count the months between the marriage and the birth of the first baby. Not to worry, God told Joseph. Mary and Joseph both are members of those cloud, that cloud of witnesses that we look to in faith. And there's the baby, too. Right there who today is just an infant who sleeps and wakes and nurses and messes his, not diapers, but his cloths, and cries when he hurts and cries when he's hungry. He has not a clue yet what is in store for him. He doesn't know that he's going to grow up to be the savior of the world, not yet. But I want to look at other members of this cast that are not present, not wise men, not shepherds even. I want to see if we can find two people who would be very present in our day and age if a baby was being born, and that's Mary's parents. Where are they? Who are they? I wonder about them, and I wonder about the part they played in Mary's saying, I will bear the Messiah. There is absolutely no scriptural evidence for Mary's father and mother, not their name or anything. So if you grew up in the Catholic Church where you were told their names, well, that came from 150 CE, uh, when a piece of imaginative writing appeared and gave names to Mary's parents. But as far as scripture goes, we know nothing, nothing about them. They're named, according to this piece that was written, Anne and Joachim. And there are some stories about them in this piece of writing, but they didn't really interest me because what I was interested in is what they did and how they lived that produced a daughter who took on what she took on, who would say yes to an angel who said, you're going to bear a child out of wedlock. And so I ask you to go with me on this imaginative journey. When I was 41, my parents stopped speaking to me. And it took me a while to figure it out because they didn't live nearby, so it took me a while to figure out that they weren't speaking to me. And um, when I did, I was hurt, needless to say, and bewildered. But after about three years, I sat down one Saturday morning and I thought, I have good qualities. And I started making a list of the things that I liked about myself, that I had a good sense of humor, that I was generous, that I worked hard, I was a good school teacher. I was a good, not perfect, but a good wife and a good mother. And I wrote down all those qualities, and I wrote to my parents. I said, 
I have all these qualities. If I were the mother of this woman, I'd want to see her. Nothing. But then I wrote another letter, maybe two weeks later, and I said to them, all of these qualities that I have that I like in myself, they all came from you. They came from my parents. All of those qualities did. And we do that, you know, we get a lot of our qualities from our parents. We get the characteristics that we carry into adulthood, for good or bad. And so did Mary. And so these shadowy people, Anne and Joachim, they were the ones who formed Mary's character. And we know that Mary was strong in scripture. She knew that Israel was looking for a Messiah. She knew that God loved God's people. She couldn't have picked this up on the playground. This was something that had to come from her family. We know Mary was courageous. She knew all the ramifications of turning up pregnant. It wasn't quite as bad as it was, uh, in my generation, it wasn't quite as bad as it was then, but it was pretty bad 50 years ago or so. You embarrassed and humiliated your family. Sometimes they would just send you away to finishing school, you know, to give you a, an excuse for being gone while you had the baby and gave it up for adoption. It was bad then. It was awful in first century Palestine. And she accepted the responsibility of having an out-of-wedlock baby without knowing what Joseph was going to do. Nothing. She just said yes. So she was extremely, extremely courageous. And her bravery, it came from her parents. And she was thoughtful. She thought about things. We read in Luke over and over again, Mary pondered these things in her heart. And today she ponders what the shepherds say. Mary is not some shallow, ditzy young woman. She reflects. She thinks. I bet her parents did too. And and Joachim. Mary is a prophet. That's a person who tells of God's work. Her song, the Magnificat, is a powerful, powerful statement of what God is doing in the world through her. And that Magnificat also shows familiarity with another song from Scripture, Hannah's song, that Hannah sang when she finally, finally conceived a child. Her child was named Samuel very important man in the Old Testament. And Mary is generous. After pondering what the angel has said to her, she agrees to give herself to be of service for God's purpose in the world. She commits to being an instrument of God. Mary is amazing. She is something else. If you take time, sometime in the next 12 days of Christmas, to read Luke 1 and 2 at your leisure, I'd like you to see Mary for yourself. Imagine yourself in that scene. Imagine yourself as Mary. And when you do, remember that she was a product of parents who also had these qualities. Anne and Joachim did not teach Mary by sitting her down at a table and telling her how to be they taught her by an example of a life well lived, 
of two lives well lived, where Mary was just naturally able to pick up bravery and thoughtfulness. And, according to one of the Mary Oliver's poems, you can do this too. We may all of us, by faithful and true lives well lived, influence our children and beyond. We can influence those around us day after day, living a faithful, true, generous, brave life. We can influence people. And when we do this, when we live faithful, courageous, generous lives, we may be the only healthy example of a good life that some people see. So it can be an ordinary, daily, well-lived life that changes other lives. Anne and Joachim had no idea that when they were raising Mary, that their daughter would bear the Messiah. They had not a clue. They simply prepared her well by living godly lives. And as we go home today into the 12 days of Christmas, may we all of us live as if our example would enable another person to bear the light of God into the world. You just never know.